Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh Boy is down with us. Toddy P and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Yo, welcome back everybody to Rhodium Radio, and if I'm correct, episode 32. The reason why I say that is because we had a little technical difficulty before we actually went on. Uh, we got booted off the internet, maybe because I didn't pay my damn bill, but uh, I paid it. Anyways, uh, the Rhodium Mixtape documentary is available at documentary.com. Make sure you check it out. Right now, actually, we are working on the subtitles because we plan to put it out on Amazon Prime and other platforms for you guys to enjoy. Um, though the this the cds were that those of you that have ordered them were actually mailed out today okay i had to wait uh you know i think i mailed out like 25 today and uh i i have maybe about 25 sets left so 25 bucks for all four of them 88 booming bay 24 7 86 in the mix and the high c mixtape so if you want to get those on cds uh you can go ahead and purchase them at the website Documixery.com. And I also want to give a shout out to my boy Jen uh, from Fashion Town in the city of Carson. He blessed me with this hat today. Dope Harbor area hat. My boy Jen, much love and much respect. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why I like his store. Not only does he have dope hats, does he have dope gear, but every time I walk in there, he's playing hip hop music and that's dope. Okay. So hit him up, Fashion Town. You could also look at, look him up on Instagram. And my boy Chewy uh, from San Diego, uh, CH1 shirts. Bless me with the shirt. He's always uh, mailing me stuff. So, you know, I like to show love and give credit where credit is due. But without further ado, uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my next guest because uh, one of my guests is running late. Okay. And me being the president of Wilmington, the show must go on. But this brother, not only is he a rapper, not only is he an actor, not only is he a writer, he actually has a movie coming out or it's out. Not sure, but we're going to find out a little bit more once we get the ball rolling. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce from the Harbor area, Cuete Yesca. What's up, my brother? What's up, homie? Harbor, out of there, homie. How you doing, man? I'm good, homie. I'm good. I can tell you. I can tell you're a Raiders fan. I'm a Raiders fan, homie. For real? Yeah, we got to do it. Like, you were one of those guys that switched teams, like, when the Raiders started losing, now you're a Cowboys fan or anything like that? Nah, I'm a fan of the name on the front, not the back. So, That'll work. Yeah. That'll yeah. work, man. So, so, so how you been, man? Uh, I know you've been working a lot of movies, but before we actually get to all that, uh, um, I just want to touch a little bit on, uh, uh, I know you've you been, well, at the time that we do get to talk, you're either on the set, um, you're pretty much always on the go. Yeah. Um, now, do you watch a lot of movies at home, man, whenever you have time, whenever you have free time? Like, what does Cuerte Yesca do on a day off? On a day off? I mean, man, I'm just, there really aren't no days off, man. Just 
money don't sleep. Uh, I wake up, take the kids to school, come back, run, like I run. Um, I don't smoke, I don't drink, so I'm pretty active. Um, I run like four miles a day. Um, there's always someone working hard, trying to take your spot. So you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to stay there. So I, I'll run, I'll exercise, um, work on music, um, work on you know, scripts, you know, hit up my boy Jamal, bug the shit out of him, see what he's doing. <laughs> um, I'm always just trying to email and try to get, I'm just trying to get to where I want to be. I feel like I'm that close. So I'm always just chasing it. So if I have a day off, it's, I, I couldn't really tell you, man. I like, I enjoy running. You know, it's just the weirdest thing. Okay. You wouldn't think of a guy like me likes to run, but I'm out there doing it. When I leave okay. here, I'll probably run four more miles. You know what I mean? Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, when you say you run, do you run on the street? Do you run in the treadmill? Like, I run from the police. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'll run around the block and, or, you know, I'll switch it up. I'll go to the beach. Um, yeah, just different places. I feel like I know all my neighbors because they're like, hey, what's up? And I never spoke to them before. Just because oh, okay. I'm always running around the block. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, uh, um, your name, we're not going to get into the name yet, but your name, Cuete Yesca. Yeah. You have Yesca in your name, but you're just going to say you don't smoke. Not no more. Not oh, no okay. More. Yeah. No I more. mean, so I, what the time? I've earned it. I've earned it. Oh, yeah, that'll work. I just can't do it anymore. It's just, it's just, I used to think, you know, I'll go back and I'll smoke weed when my kids are grown because I want to be a good dad and, and give them everything that they need and I'll just go back to it. Weed's always going to be there. And, you know, when they're 18, <laughs> I'll go back if I want, but. At this point in my life, I feel like it's just gone. You know, I, mean? I don't. Right. I don't have the desire to do it anymore. Okay. You know, I also haven't had soda in like 15 years, so wow. it's like, yeah, one year was a New Year's resolution. It just kept going. Like, let's do another year. At this point, I don't even look at soda, and I don't even, I don't even want it. Wow. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty hardcore like that. That's good, man. Yeah. That's good. You know, because a lot of people can't do that. You have good uh, uh, willpower. Uh, you're determined to get and chase what is it that you want in life, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm glad you you shared that because I think that's a positive message. Today, uh, you look at videos or you look at movies and everybody's just smoking weed, drinking Hennessy, and that's like, it's almost like that's what standard videos are today, smoking weed and drinking and the booty cheeks clapping with girls right, you know, in the background, right. twerking. Yeah, because people feel like that's what they want to see or that's what they need to show to stay relevant. Right. Um, I'm already past that stage where I feel like I could just be who I am. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my fan base will follow me no matter what. They've been loyal this far, so I can just tell you what I really want to tell you without having to sell you short on stuff that I really don't agree with or right. or want to promote. Uh -huh. Yeah, you know, you know, there was a guy that owns a dispensary, pretty big. He's pretty well known, and he hit me up and he asked me. He said, "Hey, man, I want to sponsor your show." He said, "I, I want to give you edibles. I want to give you cookies. I want to give you weed." And and I just said, "Dude, I, I don't smoke weed, homie." Right. And he was like, "Oh, okay." He says, "Uh, can you take a couple of hits with me?" And I was like, "I don't smoke weed, homie." <laughs> yeah. He said, "What about edibles?" I, I don't do none of that shit. He goes, yeah. well, uh, uh, how are we going to, I go, dude, I, you know, I don't do that. If that's your thing, right. that's just not me. Right, you know right, what I'm right. Saying? But anyway. I get it too. I get it too. You quit the yes, I smoke a joint. And I'm like, oh, I just can't do it. I don't know what I mean? Right, right. You can't do it. Plus, yeah. I don't know you. I don't know what the fuck you put in that shit. You know what I mean? Probably a primo. <laughs> yeah. <But> anyways, uh, now, wh wh where did you grow up at? Because I know you're from Harbor area. Yeah. Wh wh where did you grow up at? I'm from Redondo. Okay. Believe it or not, I'm from Redondo. Redondo Beach. Yeah. See, when I think Redondo Beach, I think of white boys and surfing. And yeah, that's what that's what the first thing that everyone will think. But it's right. uh, they grow us everywhere. There's a right. bad part of every neighborhood. Yeah, and that's true. That's where I was at. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I was telling my boys, so when I think about Redondo, I think about white boys, long hair, their, their hair feathered backwards. Yeah. And, I can understand you know. that. Redondo's actually the first city to break off three strikes. Really? It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in the Harbor area, too. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, what elementary school uh, a school did you uh, attend over there? You're not that old, man. What school? Oh, Washington. Washington. I went okay. to Washington, then Adams. Adams Redondo. did junior high. Yeah. Okay. And then and Redondo got kicked out of there. And oh, so you went, went to Redondo Beach High School? I did, did. Are oh, you okay. high? Okay. <laughs> Are you high? You, you, you know, it's funny because uh, when my son played Pop Warner football, we used to always go to Redondo. I, I, I like the way they have their field set up. I right. like, the, I like yeah. that over there. So what, what did you get kicked out for, man, if you don't mind me asking? I got in a fight with this dude. And it was just, it was a bad situation. Was one, I was already on a permit. Me and this dude got into it. And I let him have it pretty bad. <laughs> and that was, that was the end of my ride right there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. But at least you won, right? At least I won. That's at least cool. I won. And, and after that, uh, did you finish uh, um, school? high school though? Nah, you know what? Uh, no, I, I had been rapping since I was 13. And at that point, I thought that I was going to be the biggest rap star on earth. And I just figured that's what I was going to do. It ain't too late. It ain't too late. But, it ain't uh, too late. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Because I saw, uh, man, who was it? Billy Joel. I seen something on him at that time. And he said he didn't have his high school diploma. And I was like, huh. He don't have it. Look how far he got. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because the things you'll remember, yeah. I remember seeing that. I thought I could do it too. Yeah, my son is goofy like that. He, he didn't finish school, but he had the balls enough to tell me, Einstein didn't have a high school. <laughs> You're not Einstein. <laughs> yeah. You know? I hear you, man. So so, so now, uh, growing up at home, uh, what type of music would you say you grew up with as far as just like at home? What would be played around your house? Uh. You mean music that I wasn't playing that I was growing up with? Yeah, just like you if, know, you, if my you had dad, brothers, sisters, my dad was bumping reggae all really? the time, like Maruta Baruka, uh, Still Pulse, um, Bob Marley. Um, I grew up with, with reggae. Was reggae was always on, so I I I knew what it was. I actually liked it. It was cool. It grew on me. Yeah, really. Yeah, reggae? He was always bumping reggae. I would have never thought that. I yeah. looking at you, I would have said yeah. this guy definitely grew up with Delphonics, Brent Glitter. I mean, I grew up with that when I was playing the radio, but my dad, he was he was hardcore into reggae. He's like, my dad was, you know, he, I don't know what my dad was in the Navy, so I'm sure he smoked a lot of joints on the ships. He was just in the reggae. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what that was his personal choice. And, and, and your mama, did she play? My mom you? was bumping oldies, uh, like "Don't You Make My Brown Eyes Blue" and you know stuff like that. Shy Lights, um, Tempreze, um, Brenton Wood. Yeah, I grew up like that too. For real? Uh, yeah. Are they originally from Mexico or where? where they no, uh, my dad's from Whittier. Okay. Uh, my mom's from Redondo. Okay. Yeah. That'll work. And uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, I got an older brother, older sister, little brother. Okay. I'm like. I was the youngest for a while, and okay. then my dad had a another boy. All right. So then I'm not the baby no more. And now, right out of high school, or right when you got kicked out of high school, what was your next move, man? I, I wanted to go to the Army. I thought, because uh, I was about to have a baby. So okay. I thought I was going to go to the Army. I thought it would be the right thing to do. Um, I even went down there and tried to sign up, took the test. And for some reason, I was really going to go. And I, they told me, they sold it to me, like, you know, you could have this, you could bring her. And I thought it would be the best thing for me in my career. And... I thought, you know, I really want to do music. So I figured I would just give my music one year. I was like, just give it one year. If it don't work, then you could go. And the rest is history. And I'm sitting here talking to Tony A. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Did not, now, do you regret not, not going to the military? You know, I never thought of that question. But I have to say right now, no. Because I have a lot of good stuff going on in my life that I'm really happy. And I have a lot of great opportunities in front of me. Okay. To where I feel like if I would have went there, maybe 
I would have had a life that, you know, would have paid the bills and it would have been a good life, but it was the life really I wanted. I've always been a dreamer, man. I've always just, I'm the dreamer. You know, my brother always tells me like, you know, when are you going to give up rapping? You know, back in the day, when are you going to give up rapping? And I was like, well, as soon as I come asking you for rent money, I'll give it up then, you know, but it was never happening. I was always making money and right. it always worked. So, well, let me say this. And I always usually tell people that, that really say, I dream, I dream, I dream. I always encourage them that if you're going to dream, dream big, man. Right. Dream big. And don't allow anyone to distract you or derail you from where you want to go. Because believe me, you know, usually when we tell friends or families what we want to do, the first thing they do is bring up, it'll never happen. Right. It's not going to work. And here's how I, if you will, uh, um, would answer that. I remember one time I had a, a good friend. Uh, that shit ain't going to work, bro. That shit ain't going nowhere. You're wasting your fucking time. Always. And I said, okay, you told me three things on how it can't work. Right. Can you give me three things on how it can work? And he didn't have the answers. Right. See, but that's the way he lived his life. Yeah. You know, so if anybody ever tries to tell you, you know, shit can't work. You know, okay, now you told me it can't work. Tell me how it can. What can I do for you to think, you know, that I can actually accomplish what I right. want to do? I think if a person can't tell you how it's going to work, probably ain't living the life he wants to live. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the sad thing. Yeah. I want to I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I want to follow my dreams. Like, for instance, you know, I got two tour buses, but I didn't even have the money to buy one. And I was out there looking for the bus I was going to buy, literally driving, driving, driving. And I finally found it. I was like, okay, this is the bus I'm going to buy. I'm going to make this my tour bus. And I was like, shit, I don't got the money. And then right. I went and got it. I figured it out. And that was the bus I bought. Paid everyone back in like three months. Sold my CDs on the road. Boom, boom, boom. And I own it now. And I own two of them. So I've always been a dreamer like that. I've always, you know, another story is when, you know, when I was, uh, I was probably like 10. And I remember I got headbutted. And above my eye, I needed a scar. I needed uh, stitches. And the lady was like, well, you want to get a Band-Aid or you want to get butterfly stitches? I was like, what's the difference? She said, well, if you're going to be famous, you're probably going to want butterfly stitches. I said, well, you better give me that shit. I mean, I just always knew that I was destined for something. I just didn't know what until I figured it out later. That's dope. Man. That's dope. Now, now, uh, um, at what point in your life would you say that... Um, you wanted to start rapping or you or you were serious about let me start writing some lyrics you know at what point what uh, uh, let me rephrase that at what age would you say i would say like i was around 12 12 years old i have a cousin who used to dance on soul train and uh if anyone here used to watch soul train i guarantee you would know who he was and he was hanging out with like Bell Bib DeVoe, Ice T. He was in the Bust a Move video, Young MC. He was in Ice T's High Rollers video. He was in everything, man. I was like, man, I want to be just like this dude. And, you know, he was on the Bell Bib DeVoe album, which was the second album, uh, Hootie Mac. He got a gold album for being on it. And I was like, man, like, I want to do that. He would come to my graduations, my basketball games, and he was like 6'5". He's 6'5". He's a He's just, he just requires attention when he walks in, you know, it's just like, who's that dude? And I'll be like, that's my cousin. I was always so proud to say that was my cousin. You know, he was kind of famous. People want to take pictures with him. And I would just see him and I thought, that's, that's what I want. And I was about 13 and I, I just started rapping. He, you know, he was doing his own album after the Belba DeVoe album. And it's when I started rapping. It was yeah. like, I'm going to start rapping now. Um, my rap sucked at first, of course, right. you know, it was like, 
it sucked. And then before you knew it, I stuck with it through the years and I got better. My cousin ended up, you know, not doing it. And then I ended up doing it 20 albums later. I'm still here. And now he's doing other things. But if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have been rapping. So, so you would say that he was pretty much uh, uh, an inspiration? A hundred percent. If he wasn't my cousin, I probably wouldn't be rapping. Okay. He was just. See, it. most people would say stuff like, uh, it was uh, Run DMC that inspired me or encouraged right. me, but you're saying it was actually a family member. A family member. Yeah. Okay. Now, what, if you can remember, what was some of the first rap songs you heard that caught your ear and you said, like, what the hell is that? You know, because I, I can remember, like, when I first heard Ozzy Osbourne, right. and it, it was actually that that one song that he's famous, Crazy Train. Crazy Train, yeah. I, I still remember when I first heard Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, what got me was the guitar in the beginning, right. you know. So was there any song or anything that you can say, like, that was the song that did it for me? I think for me, maybe it would be, uh, man, it'd probably be I Need Love because I was super little. And I was just telling someone the other day, you know, I had a, a big ass radio and we'd carry it around. And if you were playing I Need Love on that thing, like you were the fucking man, dog. You would rewind it. You'd want it. You want people to hear you playing it because it was like you wrote it or you're singing it. And right. you just want you just roll around with it. Like, man, that song was that was the song right there. I remember I walked blocks and blocks trying to find that tape in Long Beach. Trying to, do, I lived in Long Beach while I was just looking for that tape. When I got it, man, that was a song, man. <laughs> Out of all of them, you know really, I mean? that song was banging at the time, man. No, no, no. Let me tell you something because when I went back and listened to your music, I can see how that song inspired you, <laughs> right? You know, I, I, I can, I can see that, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's dope. Like for me, I think when it came to LA, it would have been Rock the Bells. You right. know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, of course, you're not saying that that's not whack, but I Need Love is the one that did it for you. Right. So so would you say that that kind of possibly fathered your style of rapping? It probably could have. Because, you know, I'm, I'm the type of dude who, like, whenever I get an album, even then, whenever I got an album, I would look for the love songs because they're just more heartfelt. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, like Mellow Man Ace, you know, Mentorosa was dope. But he had another song on there. I can't remember yeah. the name of it, but it was a, it was a slow song. And I would always play it like, man, that song's dope. Or uh, Everlast, you know, he had uh, Never Missing a Beat, which was dope. But he had this other song called, uh, oh, man. Oh, man, what was the name of that song? I can't remember it. Right, I know what you're talking about, though. Oh, what was the name of it, man? But, yeah, I was I was bumping that all the time. So I'm always looking for the love songs because those are the ones maybe I could relate to. No, I okay, don't know. Okay, yeah, that was my next question. What do you think it was about those songs? You know, was it just because you were in love? You were a lover. You love serenading the ladies, or what was that? Man? I just like girls, man. I just like girls. I just wanted to, to figure out how to get them. You know, I was right, at right. that age. You know, even uh, like Crush, uh, it takes two. Rob Bass, that right. song Crush was on there. The song was bad. I was mm -hmm. always just looking for those songs, uh -huh. and it's it's what really it's weird too, man. Because I when I started rapping, I didn't want to put love songs out. Even though I liked them the most, right? I didn't want to do it. I was always I was quite there from Wicked Minds, and I was rapping this hardcore shit. Um, and I had I was in this relationship with this girl, and I made a song about her. And then something else happened, so I made another song. And as as time was going by in that relationship, something new would happen. I write another song, so it turned out to be like a love story. At the end of it, I had like 15 songs about this girl, and they were just you know they were all good ones. And I had them on a tape, a CD one time, and I had never planned on putting it out like ever. It wasn't ever thought in my mind you no, know no. i was why why not because i was just quite there you know what i mean like bang bang you know and it just wasn't 
it just wasn't for me. I was, you know, for Wicked Minds, I was one of the hardest groups at the time that was writing. So I was like, I can't, I don't really want to, I don't want to do it. And then one of my homies got a hold of my CD and he was like, when are you going to put this out? And I was like, I ain't putting that out. He's like, why? Wow, this songs are dope. I was like, I just can't do it. It's too soft. Can't do it. He's like, you should put this out. I mean, I, this will sell. And then I was on tour with NB Riders and I can't remember, Little Rob. And I was watching NB Riders perform and I was like, all the girls are losing their mind. And I was like, it, it's the music. It's the music. They love those songs, love songs. MC Magic and on that talk box. Um, I want to get lost in love with you. And right then and there, I knew I'm going to put that album out. And when I did, man, whew, that's when I just took off. Really? Yeah. That's when the doors really started. Open. I came out with this song called When I Die. And that song was, even to this day, it's probably like my biggest. I have songs I think are better, but for some reason, that's the one song everyone seems to know. Oh, you're quite, you see When I Die. You see When I Die. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Man. Yeah. That's dope. So, and so now, uh, um, when you first started recording and, and actually started with, uh, started rapping, well, let me, re let me rephrase that. When you first started rapping, were you rapping off of instrumental beats or did you have a producer already or were you doing the beats? Man, when I first started, it's crazy. I would, I would have two radios. Remember back in the day, you had two radios and you hit play and then play record. Right. I would, man, I did like two albums like that where I would hit play, record, and I just lay on the floor and I was like, I'm like, you couldn't mess up. You had to get the whole song. I'm talking like three verses, the hook. And I was just the whole way trying to read it. And I don't know how I got through like 15 songs. I put out this underground tape. Um, I remember my dad would come in the room. He'd see me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you just messed me up. I was almost done. He's like, man, you got more chance of getting hit by lightning or right. making it to the NBA. And I was like, well, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it then. It's in the end, man. Like he ended up being like my biggest fan before he passed away. He was like my biggest. He was telling all his friends, that's my son, and he was always asking for CDs to give to people. And I was like, it just shifted where one day he knew, like this, he stuck it out, like from you know 15 to 25 to whatever. Like I stuck it out, and I think he, he was like. He inspired me. He was like, because at first, like I'm saying, like, you ain't ever going to make it. You know, <laughs> and then he was proud of me. Okay. Now, great. so now you go from radio to radio. Yeah. Okay. How soon after that would you say you uh, started making your own beats? Uh, was it you that started making the beats or did, did you have a homie? How did that come about? You know, it's, it's weird because my mom, one day she came home with a, a auto, a, a Trader Joe, auto, what are those auto traders? Those magazines, you know, right, right. Thin one they used to have back in the day. And it said, Latinos looking for Mexican rapper. And she circled it. I don't know why. I'm like, my mom wasn't the type to do that. She just handed it to me one day. Say, hey, look what I found. And I looked. I was like, what's that? And I called them. And they were like, yeah, it was a group called The Hit, The, the Mexican Hit Squad. They're from Pedro. And they had an album out before I joined the group. So I gave them a call. And I was like, hey, I rap. I rap. You know, I want to I wanna rap. So I went to their pad. And um they gave me a beat. They said, come back tomorrow, have something written. So I came back the next day. I did this whole song called Harbor Area of all things. That was the name of the song. And and we recorded it. And they were like, man, like you're dope. You're yeah. dope. And then I joined that group. They picked me. I joined that group. And then from there, we just we made this whole album. Then that's when I hit the studio. And I really started doing it. And about what year would you say was this? Like 98. 98. And about how old were you at this time? Man. I'm really drilling you today, huh? I was little, like maybe 14. Really? Yeah, I was little. 15. Wow. I was just doing it. I was just doing it. I was ready, though. 
I was ready. Okay. But I thought I was. Yeah. So, so you did Harbor Area. Did they release that song or no? No. It was, it was just a demo at the time. Yeah. Okay. It was I a demo. Like we could have though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Then you come back to give another beat. Yep. And is that pretty much how you got started as far as your rap career? That's how I got started. Okay. I always knew I wanted to be a rapper. Who, who was Those producing? Was uh, it was this dude named uh, Perro from San Pedro. He was one of the rappers. Actually, he wasn't a rapper at the time. He was uh, he made the beats. And there's other guy named Diablo who actually rapped. He rapped the whole album on the last record. And then I came, and I started writing the the verses for Perro. He wanted to rap now, so then I started writing his verses, started writing the hooks, and we just all three of us were rapping together. Actually, Diablo was gonna leave that group, and when you heard me rapping, he's like, "Okay, I'm back in." Okay, we so it was three this. of you guys there. There were three of us at that point. Okay. And then I told him, drop the Mexican because we're probably going to limit ourselves. So we were just the hit squad. So so what, what, what was the what was the name of the group before that? Mex Mexican hit squad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, now why would you say drop it? Because it was, uh, because I don't think, I wanted to start something new because the Mexican hit squad for them, they didn't really sell no records. Okay. And I wanted it to be something new. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to like just jump on their bandwagon. That's I wanted uh, something new. That's understandable. Yeah. And uh, uh, so that was the uh, um, hit squad. And did you guys ever release anything? We did. We did like two albums. Okay. Yeah. And how did they do? They did good. They put me on the map. But when we were doing those records, um, my brother came home with a CD one time. He was like, hey, check this out. It was the Wicked Minds album, Misunderstood. And that album, that's a classic, man. I don't even know what year that was. Maybe almost 20 years ago. Oh. And Wreck passed away. He had his number on the back. It was crazy. He had his number on the back of the CD. And I just was like, man, this album is badass. So I ended up calling him. I was like, hey, I really like your guys' music. It's dope. And I go, I rap too. He was like, oh, yeah? Let me hear you rap. Rap right now. And I was like, Brrr. I was just a monster at the time. I was like, <laughs> whatever. And he was like, yeah, hey, you're dope, homie. You're dope. You know what? We're doing a new record. I'm going to call you. I'm going to remember you. Three months later, sure enough, he called me. And he was like, come hop on a song. Uh, it was called The Hairy Monster. <laughs> you know what that's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I did that song, and he was like, I'm going to put you on another one. Cool. I'm going to put you on another one. I ended up on like seven songs on that album. Now, now were you ever a part of that group, Wicked Mind? I was, after those songs. So th these were just features right now? Right. Okay, before you actually joined? Yeah, because the, the album I got on was, it was just his solo album called Wreck. Pocket Full of Quarters, it started it all. And then we ended up, he said, I want you to be in Wicked Minds. And I was like, shut down. Let's do it because my partner from Hit Squad didn't really like doing shows. He didn't really like that crowd too much. He didn't like being around it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a little bit different. Right. Um, good dude though, but he didn't really like that crowd because the crowd was real there, roughnecks, and you know I didn't I didn't really give a fuck. I mean, Rec didn't give a fuck. He was he was one of them, you know. So we just started doing it. It just turned out to be something. And Rec knew the business. He had already had an album out that was successful, two albums out. So when I joined his group. It's like I just walked right through the door wow. of of everything that was going to happen or, or how I was going to get ripped off or mistreated. It didn't happen because he had already known it all. Yeah, and he schooled you on it. Schooled me. So I went straight to the top, and it was just we did this thing called the smoke out. I'm sure you know we did a smoke out, um, and Pocos Pero Locos was just starting, and Kool-Aid came up to our booth and said, hey, we're looking for Mexicans or Latinos, Chicanos uh, with albums, and she took our album. And then we were on the like the second episode ever, the second one of Bocos Better Locos. So when that happened, it was it was just over, man. We had a song called Ilu de Mama and 
And then when that happened, everyone wanted to be on that show. Yeah. And it just like, it skyrocketed. Okay. So I just got, I just, I was in the right place at the right time. I got lucky. People liked my music. They liked the way I rapped. It was, it how, worked for me. How far did those records take you as far as uh, the Wicked Mind stuff? Did you guys travel a lot? We did. I went everywhere, man. My first concert was with Little Rob and he was already on top. Right. And, right. Um, so it was, it was like Yuma, Arizona with uh, Low Profile who had, uh, Mr. No, had Proper Those, who's badass. Frank V's one of the baddest rappers ever. Little Rob's one of the baddest rappers ever. Uh, I was on that concert and we just started touring together. So I jumped on my first concert was with them. So the caliber that I was working with at the time was like top notch mm -hmm. for what we were doing. It was just like, man. And I just started touring with them. I went everywhere. That's dope. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you this. Uh, uh, do you still remember when you first took, uh, grabbed the mic and you went up on stage? I do. How did you feel, man? Did you ever get nervous doing that? Nah, nah, I didn't. I have got nervous before. Uh, I have, you know, I did a concert one time. It was like 50,000 people at a celebrity theater in Arizona. I was on tour with Bone Thugs and Harmony for a long time because we had the same manager. So we had toured together forever. But when I peeked out that window, I had done hundreds of concerts. When I peeked out and I looked, I was like, holy fuck. I felt like throwing up. There's so many people. There was fucking insane. But once that music starts and you hit that stage and they scream, just like, I'm in a whole new world. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope, man. Okay, check this out, man. We're, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, press pause right there. We're going to come back. I got a couple of more questions for you. We're going to take a 10-minute break. We're going to talk about that, what you have back there, uh, what you're doing now, and what can people expect uh, from Cueta Yesca. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, once again, everybody, I have maybe about 25 left of these. Uh, you can get them at the website, documentary.com for uh, 25 bucks for all uh, four of them. Uh, once I run out, I run out, okay? So don't be hitting me up, where are they at? Uh, I got about 25 left, so hit me up. The Rodeo Mixtape Documentary. Uh, once again, uh, uh, you can hit us on all platforms. As a matter of fact, if we are not on one platform, email us and let us know what platform we're not on. But we're pretty much on every platform uh, that you can listen to us. If you don't see us on uh, YouTube, then you can catch us on iHeart, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, whatever. We're on everything. Uh, once again, those of you that are submitting music, um, please, please, I tell you guys over and over, do not DM me your music. Do not inbox me your music. Uh, um, uh, um, email it to me at rodeonradio at gmail.com. Email it to me, and some people constantly, hey, man, you know, I sent it. Yes, I know. Okay, I'll get back to you through email. Uh, um, I'm not trying to be a jackass, but please don't be bugging me. Have you heard my music? Have you heard my music? We will reply to you via email, so be expecting that. But give us time because we have hundreds of songs, hundreds of videos, okay? So as they come in, we listen to them. So please be patient with me. So go grab a beer. We'll be back in about 10 minutes, okay? With more Cueta Yesca and the mayor's in the building. Yes, God. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio, episode 32. Um, once again, I got my boy, Quinta Yesca, in the building, uh, the Rodium Mixtape Documentary, documentary.com. I believe in promoting myself until it pays off. Once again, I probably got about 25 left of these bundles right here, 25 for four of the CDs. Um, and I just saw somebody hit us on the Super Chat. You can hit us on the Super Chat, or you can just buy them from the website once again we are on all major platforms submit all your music to rodeonradio at gmail.com once again submit all your music and videos or all your requests for uh, a future uh, um you know people that you want to see interviewed on this show uh but without 
further ado, please, once again, we're going to continue our conversation with Cueta Yesca. Thank you for being here once again. Uh, when we left, you were uh, sharing with us about Wicked Minds. Have you got to travel, started doing shows? Uh, um, how many albums did you ended up doing total with them? Wicked Minds? Uh, maybe about five. About five, about five, five records? albums. Okay. In between that time, I was doing my solo stuff, so. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in between that time, see, I'm asking questions from a fan's perspective. See, a lot of times people say, you're asking like you don't know. No, I'm asking as if you were sitting here. Right. Okay, you know what right. I'm saying? I hear you. So, uh, um, so in between those five records, did you release any of your solo projects? I did. I okay. Did. And, and, and how did those projects do? They did good. They did good. They did, they did so good. I just kept doing them. I just yeah. kept doing them. There was a demand for it. I had a fan base and it was going well for me. And okay. I knew it was a time to strike. Just keep going. Um, I was, I was young. I was hungry. Mm -hmm. I wanted it. I wanted to be successful. And I was on it. Like I'm in the studio. Even now I'm in the studio so much that, I have like three albums that are completely done that I can't even, if I make a song today, you won't hear it for like two years because I got to spread the time, this distance from the albums. I'm just, I'm always on it. Okay. I've always been like that. Now, uh, um, when you were younger, if we could back up a little bit, did you ever, were you ever a part of any like chorus at school or drama class or anything? Because I say that now because I know you're involved in acting now. Right. You know, so were you ever, uh, uh, if you will, on stage in front of people at a young age? Nah, but I've been an actor since my first girlfriend, homie. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. One. I'm just kidding. That's a good one. But no, I've, I've never been on stage like that. Mm -mm. Okay. And and, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, well, let me ask you this. For those that may be doing this, what you're doing, mm -hmm. and maybe they're getting frustrated and they're like, I don't see anything popping. Well, what is it that drives you that you think you can share with them that like to keep going? I, you know, my kids, I want to be successful. I want to be someone, you know, when my kids come to me and say, Hey, like my, my 11 year old told me the other day, Hey, my friend likes your music. I'm like, she's 11. How does she even know my music? Right. She's like, well, her older sister knows who you are. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, my older daughter would tell me the same thing. Hey, I'm spending the night at my friend's house and her brother's a big fan. You know, random things like that happen all the time. And I'm like, that's cool that, that my kids get to feel like that's my dad. And that just inspires me like to be a better person. Like they're looking at me the way I looked at my cousin. Like, oh, I want, that's my cousin right there. I want to be just like him. And to say that I'm their dad and they're proud of me just makes me, you know, just motivated. And I believe in myself. I feel like I could do it. I, I, you definitely have to believe in yourself. Yeah, you know? I, I always think that I lived a bad life. I struggled a lot in the early years, you know, and it's going to pay off for the long years at the end of my life that I'm going to live, I'm going to live great. That's good. That's good. You know, my brother Ruben, uh, much shout out to my brother Ruben. Much love to him. He's out in Vegas right now, chilling. And uh, I remember one time he went to go train boxing uh, at a gym called Broadway Gym in L.A. Okay, mm -hmm. I still remember his trainer, Smitty, who passed away. May he rest in peace. And I remember one day my brother went to the restroom and I heard this guy, Smitty, training this guy that's going to be turning pro. Right. Okay. And the guy didn't show any type of like uh, enthusiasm, like like he was enthused about what he was doing. And Smitty asked him, uh, the trainer asked him, hey man, this next fight, do you think you're gonna win? He just asked him that. Right. And he said, I don't know. He said, I'm not training you to lose. Right, he had the wrong attitude. He had the wrong attitude. Wrong attitude. And I think a lot of times, a lot of guys that are in this business, 
they have the wrong attitude, you know, or they go into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, I know guys that tell me I don't even care to make money. I just want to be popular. Oh, that's the wrong reason. It's the wrong reason. If you'd man. ask me if I beat up Conor McGregor next week, I'm, like, I'm gonna fuck that dude fuck up. That dude <laughs> up. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, exactly. It might not turn out the way I think. Exactly. But I believe I'm gonna. And, and that's one thing, if anything, that I want uh uh many people that are watching to take that away from this interview from you. I interviewed a guy that was sitting right right there where you're at in Swifty Blue. Right. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of guys talk shit about him. They thought he, they said that guy's trash. He's this. He's that. And then there's other people that say that guy's dope. He's a rising, you know, star, if right. you will. But one thing I can say about him, that guy believes in himself, man. He that's, truly, that's truly believes takes. in himself, and that's all it takes, you yeah. know. And I told him, like, I'll tell you anything that I can do to help. Uh, I want to do it. That's why this platform was created to get people a voice. Right. You know, you know, I, I don't see Pablo 106. I don't see KD, you know, you know, banging down these guys' doors, bro. Right. You know, hey, we want an interview. Hell no. If they do give you an interview, it'll probably be about two to three minute interview. And that's about, about it. I hear you know, you. I hear and half you. of the time they're bullshit interviews anyways. And I hope they're listening. But anyways, <laughs> uh, um, ha having said that, so you release Wicked Minds albums. You're releasing solo projects. How are your solo projects doing? Good, good. I had this song, like I said, called When I Die, and it was it was the one that just really blew. It was, really? you know, people to this day, like just two days ago, someone said, hey, I love your music when I die. You know, they played it at my brother's funeral. I get that all the time. You know, they played it at my boyfriend's. Uh -huh. They played it at, and it's, I appreciate it. I'm like, man, I'm sorry that you had to play it at a horrible right, place like right. that, but it's a compliment. Now, now, you said that when I die. Uh, why did you title that? You know what? It was part of that love story album about that girl that I had made. It was uh, when I die. You know, I think she broke up with me or something. It was like when I die, I just want you to know that, you know, I loved you and, you know, so and so. You know, I was on that I need love shit. So it's just, man, I'm, it's funny because the guy who sang the hook named Eric, when I went to record, he was like, man, I'm not, I'm not singing that shit. That's a bad omen. That's a bad. I was like, dude, just sing the shit. And he sang it, and to this day, he's like, man, I'm so happy I sang that song. I'm like, I'm glad you did, too. I heard this one song, bro. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. I thought that shit was hilarious because of the way it started. It had a girl that came to your house or whatever you met somewhere in the song, mm -hmm. and she was like, hey, I'm just here to tell you that I'm fucking somebody else. Man, my pretty baby part, too. That really happened to me. For real? Yeah. Oh, dang. I rap stuff that is real. Like, I know people want to hear... You know, I'm banging this chick, and I got money, I'm drinking lean and all this shit, but it's not really, I've always just been an honest rapper, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I just tell you what I'm really feeling, like, oh, I'm about to miss the bus, I'm gonna get fired, and, you know, more heartfelt stuff like Marvin Gaye, you know, you're gonna vibe with me, because you're gonna know what I'm saying, um, so yeah, that really happened to me once, like, this other, I had this other song where I called this girl I was dating, she's like, oh, hey, what's up, what are we gonna do, I was like, oh, I'm gonna come over, alright, I'll see you soon, Tony, and I'm like, it was Tony, hey, it was probably you. Oh, and I was like, Tony, she's like, quit that. And I was like, oh man. And I put it in one of my songs. Yeah, just if it's real, I'll use it. And Bruce? I get people hitting me up all the time, like, man, something like, what do I do about this? I'm like, I'm not Dr. Phil, I don't fucking know. How do I get my girl back? Cause I do love stories. After the first love story album, they just sold so good. I just did love stories too. I'm on love story seven is about to drop like in, in a couple days. Yeah, and it's just people always hit me up thinking that I'm like a love guru. Like, I don't know. Right, like, right. I'm just telling you what I go through. Right. But I get it a lot. Right now, and your songs, you've been love hurt a lot, man? Maybe. Maybe, here and there. 
You know, for real? I'm human, like everyone else. What do you think it is? Your charm? I think it's my love. I love hard. Uh, my charm. I don't know, man. I just, I just try to keep it as real as I can. Maybe you it's know? the wrong kind of women. It may be. Stay no, off, stay yeah. off social media women. <laughs> That's for sure. Stay off a of Christian mingle and stay. Nah, I'm only playing. Okay, so now you got an album coming out, and it's going to be dropping on all platforms. Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as your acting is concerned, talk to me a little bit about that. What do you think inspired or encouraged you to dabble a little bit in the the acting part? Was it was it uh, someone pretty much telling you, "Hey, man, I think you'll do you'll fit for this movie"? Like, how did that come about? What got the ball rolling for you? You know, you know, I was on. Uh, I met this guy, and he was he wanted me to be on set with him, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I want to go, I want to go," because I always thought acting was cool. I wanted to go. I always wanted to be an actor, even though rapping was what I was pursuing at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I went to set, and I met this guy who was a uh, he was a stunt coordinator, and we got to talking. We, I was there like two weeks. We got to talking about commercials. He went on auditions. Like, oh, that's cool, man. I wish I could do that. He's like, you know, I have an agency who's looking for someone. They have no one who looks like you. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug you in. So I went to that agency that I'm still with now, and she was like, I have no one who looks like you. And I just started booking commercials, and I was like, this is cool. Then um, Vocals Better Locals, because I was still on that show. You know, shout out to Kool Aid and E Dub. I was always on that show the whole time. They did, you know, they helped my career so much. Um, they got involved in a movie called Philly Brown with okay. an up and coming actress at that time named Gina Rodriguez, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, Edward James Olmos was in it. Um, and they, they hit me up and asked me to audition. And I was like, yeah, I want to audition. So right before the audition, they told me 40 guys auditioned for this role. They didn't get it. I was like, oh, man, there's no pressure there, right? Right. So I went in there and I auditioned. And um, I booked it. I booked it. Next thing you know, I was sitting next to Lou Diamond and Edward James almost, And they were talking. We were doing the table read. And I was thinking, like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, that's American you know? mean. That's La Bamba yeah. sitting right next to me. He was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, holy shit, this is really him. And Lou Diamond Phillips, like, that's La Bamba, man. I grew up on you, bro. And right. I was just, I couldn't believe I was sitting there. So Edward, his daughter-in-law was starting her own agency. And she took me on and then, bam, I just started booking everything like Southland, Sons of Anarchy, George Lopez. And I just took off. I took it very serious, like as serious as I could. Um, so I've only been acting like seven years. Okay. Uh, it's a very short time to have such a great career. Right. Um, I'm very blessed and even sometimes I can't even realize what I've done. My director on the way here was telling me, you've done a lot of stuff and I don't stop to smell the roses sometimes. And he was telling me, and I was like, I guess I've done a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. would you say that, that your acting career has been better than music or has it been about the same? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Because I asked someone the other day, you think more people know me from music or acting now? And they're like, I don't know. Because some people, it's, it's I don't know, man. That's a close one. I think people, depends on the age, I guess. Because a lot of the older people will know who I am from music. I, I love your music. And a lot of, you know, I'm on this show called On My Block. And those are like high school kids who watch that show. You know, I'll be at somewhere and they're just like, hey, you're on my block, you're on my block. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like this little girl who's my neighbor, she seen me one day. She's like, you're on my favorite show ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And, and do you have depends. a cameo or you're a regular on that show? Uh, I had a cameo on that one, but I'm a regular. Uh, I'm recurring on this show called Better Things on FX. It's like on season four and I've been on all the seasons. Um, they won an Emmy. So that, that show is doing really good on the George Lopez show. I was a recurring as well. I was on like six episodes out of ten. Did you ever work with uh, Big Citric? I did. Okay. Citric's my homie, yeah. 
That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Now, uh, um, if you had to choose right now between acting and rapping, if you had to, if I had to twist your arm, either or, what would you choose? Acting. Really? Yeah, because you know, music is my first love. It's my first passion. Like it's, it, I'll always be in love with it. It'll, you know, it. But acting now is, it'll give me more longevity. You know, I don't want to be a fifty-year-old rapper, six-year-old rapper, and I'm glad that I started before. Um, like seven years ago, so right. now I don't have to just start brand new. Right. I'm pretty well in, so I could just keep going. I could be a 60 year old rapper. I, I mean, a six year old actor, seven year old actor, and still so, be successful. Still be successful. Yeah, because yeah. I, I believe me, I know a lot of 50 year old rappers <laughs> yeah. that are still out there talking about let's drop something new. I get it. I'm cool, but <laughs> if you're just barely starting now, it's yeah, a rap, homie. It's a rap. It's yeah. a rap. Stop. I mean, I'll probably still keep rapping because for me, it's therapy. Right. And if I right. need to get something off my mind or if something happens, I'm like, oh, I have an idea. Boom. I'll just knock it out. But I mean, you know, here's the thing. I know guys that are up in age, but at least have had hit songs. Right. I get that. Mm -hmm. But there's guys that are barely starting to rap right now, and they're like 53, you know, and it, it ain't gonna happen, bro. Right, I hear you. Don't you don't need to go get a job. I hear you. So, but <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so now, um, so <laughs> anyway, they're probably gonna hate me because they know who I'm talking about. But okay, yes or no? I was watching the Super Bowl, and I thought I saw you in a cameo on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> that was me. That was you, huh? I yeah, knew it. Yeah. I knew it, bro. Because I saw it and I was like... It was okay, an Audi commercial. Yeah. With that girl from the Game of Thrones. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I said, this guy is in line. <laughs> yeah. He is in commercials. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's it's funny. Dope. When that started playing, everyone started calling me. Really? Yeah. Are you? Did I just see you in a commercial? I was yeah. like, I think you did. Which one was it? I almost booked two. Uh, I almost booked the southern one. I didn't book it, but I scored one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, uh, do you remember your first... Uh, what, what was it? A movie? Uh, a TV show? What was it? A uh, uh, um... my first acting job? Yeah. What was it? It was a commercial for Dairy Queen. Okay. And of all things, you know, here's a dope story too. Uh, actor Noel G. Shout out to you, homie. Um, he's been in everything. No, he's been in everything. Of course, we need more Mexicans, bro. Cause yeah. that guy, he's in everything. So. <laughs> he's been in everything. Yeah. So he was at that audition with me, and I, we you know, we knew each other, and we were talking, and I ended up beating him out for that role. And I thought to myself, like, man, I just, I just got this thing over him. He's like very successful actor. I could actually do this because I don't think he can come on the microphone and not rap me. But right, I right. showed up there and, and I booked it. And, you know, him being as successful as he was gave me confidence to think I could really do this. Yeah, and so that was the first job I ever did was Dairy Queen. That's dope. So, and, and what did you do with the Dairy Queen? It was this new cake they were coming out with. And this guy was walking through the alleys trying to get it home to everyone. And I was just this dude who was trying to like rob him for his cake. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. And I want you to tell me the truth because I don't know if you're lying to me yeah. or not. Okay. Um, a long time ago, because, you know, my Instagram has been deleted. Right. Whatever. But I think we were following each other. And then I saw you one time. You were kneeling down. You were copping a squat. And then you had your face all painted like if you were like in drag. Right. What was all that about? That was this role I did. You know, my agent was like, my agent hit me up one time. And she was like, how would you feel about uh, auditioning for a, a, a drag role? And I said, I don't think I like that fucking idea. <laughs> and she was like, but everyone, the directors are gonna know that you're a serious actor. And I was like, I don't think I like that idea. And she was like, just think about it. 
So then I called some of my acting homies, right? I called some of the actors who do just background, gangster act background. They're like, I wouldn't do that shit, homie. Fuck that, homie. Fuck that. So then I started calling actors who were really getting roles, serious roles. That, and they were like, yeah, you better do that shit, fool. Because the directors are going to know you're fucking serious. That's an open door for you. Are you an actor? You're not an actor. Are you a gangster actor? Or are you a real actor? And I was like, I'm an actor. He's like, if you don't want to do it, give me the fucking number. I'll go audition for that shit. And I was like, nah, it's cool. And he just showed me like, am I in it to just try to be cool? Or am I a serious actor? And I was like, serious actor. So I told my agent, yeah, I'll audition for it. So I auditioned for it. And then she called. It's the funniest thing, though. You know what's funny is when we came out of the audition, this guy was exiting out. And he was embarrassed to be there. And he walked up. He, when he walked by, he goes, hey, they want you to be gay, fool. And I was like, nah, for real? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no shit. You both know that's what the fuck it is. We were like, duh. So I went in there and I auditioned, did my best, and I booked it. When my, my agent called me and told me I booked it, I was like, fuck, fuck. And she, I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. She's like, you fucking already did. You committed it. And I was like, fuck, man. So I decided, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I just did it. You know, there's always an actor who has to play the rapist. There's an actor who has to play Manson, the killer. I'll play the rapist on me, but I'll yeah. put on that makeup. That one was a tough one. But, you know, after that, there's no role that could ever scare me again. Really? Never. Okay, I'm going to ask you a tough Never. question, okay? Don't take offense to it. It's all good. It's an acting question. Yeah. Say they say, okay, we're bringing in uh, Jack Nicholson and we want a make-out scene. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I only go so far. You know what I mean? That one was, but you know, doing that, doing that film actually got me a lot of work because a lot of directors are like, man, you're like serious. You're the real thing. Like that was, cause you know, even when I got that role, I was going out to like hamburger Mary's and I was studying them and trying to figure it out and their mannerisms. And I came there ready. Oh, though, and now, did you at all take any acting classes? You know, I've, you know, what's funny is I've never took no classes ever. I just, you know, some people say natural ability will only take you so far, but I've been very blessed to get as far as I am. But no, I've never turned no classes. You ever do any rapping on any of your commercials or movies or anything like that? I've done rapping on a lot of uh, auditions. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think it's fell into anything like that yet. Okay. Maybe in my own films. You, you know, when I introduced you, I introduced you as a rapper, as a writer, because uh, you have a, a movie poster right next to you. Uh, writer and if I'm correct with uh, producer or producer okay actor. okay now can you tell us a little bit about this uh, this movie right here it's a movie correct it is okay it is um, this is the movie I wrote about maybe four years ago I wrote this script and it's about it's really just like my life story you know I get anxiety panic attacks really bad where uh, there's a, a ch good chunk of my life where I was getting them every single day I just felt like I was gonna die. I felt like I wanted to die at the end, you know, it was just, I couldn't handle it. It was just a lot of stuff that I just was new to, you know, panic attacks and mental health is, it's like the, it's like the plague that people don't want to admit they have. Like, they're like, they're either scared. I remember I would tell my homies like, are you normal? It's like, yeah, I'm normal. What the fuck, aren't you normal? I'm like, no, I'm not normal. Like, there's something I can't, I'm zoned out. Like, I'm floating, I'm disconnected. Like, there's something wrong with me. And I didn't understand what it was. I would just now start freaking out. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was gonna die. You know, I didn't know that there were panic attacks at the time. Uh -huh. And then um, I started. People were like, "You need to see a counselor." I'm like, "What the fuck's a counselor gonna do? You need to talk your problems out. How's talking gonna fix what's going on in my body? Like, what's that gonna do?" Right. And for the longest time, I was just against it. Um, 
and then I was just going through some rough thing. I hit a point where I just I was willing to try anything. And I went to a counselor and he became like my best friend. I was with him for like four years until he retired. He made me a better person. You know, we I would go there even after I was not getting panic attacks no more. And he was just he would like coach me through life. Like I would tell him, No, this happened and he was like, Well, do you think you're right or wrong for that? And I was I was right. And he would show me how I was wrong. I'm like, Man, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um so this movie is pretty much about mental health. It's about people who struggle with anxiety, panic attacks. Um, and then finally I found, uh, I was shopping around to everyone. No one really wanted, you know, I love the script and then they would sizzle out. And then I met this guy named Jamal Holland who had did a documentary for Spanish Fly. Yeah, I know Jamal. He's a really good guy. He's a good dude. Shout out to Jamal. Yeah, shout um, out to Jamal. He's right there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I, I seen him on Instagram one day and I, I sent him a message. Yeah, I have a script. Maybe you can read it. And he loved it. He said, it's very producible. Um, let's do it. And he didn't bitch out like everyone else did. And we did it, man. We did it. Now, a year later, here we are. We just got into our first festival. Um, uh, what's the festival called? State. Golden State Film Festival. Uh, Man Chinese Theater, February 29th. You know, it's, it's a proud moment for me. I, I went from just right wow. into that. So I also got a call like maybe four days ago from... Uh, Chester, the lead singer from uh, Linkin Park's son. Uh -huh. um, and he said he was blown away by my film and he wants it in his festival that it's on, in honor of his father. And that's a really huge one too, the 320 Fest. So now we're in that one, which is amazing. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope, man. Now, now uh, uh, where can people watch this? Where can people expect to see it? Would it be on all platforms? Like again, um, you know, that on a Netflix or an Amazon, like, like what do you plan to release it on? Well, the plan probably isn't to release it just yet. Okay. What we did was we filmed a short. I have a full script. So we shot a short, which is like 30 minutes. Um, we take it to festivals, try to get people interested, saying, hey, we really like this. Okay. Here's such and such amount of dollars. Go make the film. We're going to put it out. So that's where we are now. But we have, I can't really say no names at the time, but we have someone really huge, super huge, uh -huh. who's involved. Uh -huh. And I think she's going to... She says she's gonna help us with this film because she loves it. So, if that happens, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Well, it's a wrap. that's dope, man. And and now, um, do you have anything else in the works that people can be expecting from you as far as? Because I know you say your album, we can expect that I'll be dropping right. soon. Okay, and and that will be on all major platforms as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you gonna be releasing any type of hard copies on that album? You know, I still do hard copies. Um, I personally do hard copies. So when I meet people, like I say, here's my CD. Boom. Okay. And I'm always just giving my CDs out. Oh, here, take this, take this. Um, so that's the only reason why I print hard copies because everything's so digital now. Right. But I always print them just so when I come across people and they recognize me here and let me give you some CDs. Um, that's pretty much what those are for. If I just really want to just give them to people. But my second film we got coming out, it's called uh, uh, Forgiveness. We got Eric Roberts in that one, which is Julia Roberts' brother. He was nominated for Academy Award. Um, and the third one we have called Flower Pot. We're just knocking these movies out, man. The way I knock these albums out, we, we're knocking these movies out now too. And, and, and who's directing these? Uh, Jamal Holland. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard of that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard he's up for an Emmy. He's sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, good dude, good dude, man. Uh, uh, does good work. I love the Spanish Fly documentary, which uh, people can, act, I believe, can watch it on Amazon Prime if I'm correct. Yeah. So on the way know, here, we were talking about you, sh you need a documentary, man. All the stuff you've done. I don't know about that one. Let's do a 15-minute version of it. Hey, know, but 
people will still want to know what it was. Well, well I, I will say this because there's people that have asked me, when are you going to do your interview? Right. I'll be honest with you. I'm finding someone that will sit over here and interview me. Right. And then I'll give my, my whole story. On That'd how, be cool. You know, everybody that I met, everybody that I've known. Um, you know, but I, I put my story out there before and especially a lot of it has to do with in the documentary itself. Right. You know, but, uh, I'm looking for somebody to interview me and drill me and ask me questions that, uh, I possibly haven't been asked before. Right. You know, but, uh, now on this album that you got coming out, you got a title for it? Uh, yeah, it's Love Story 7 and it's called Forever My Always. Okay. And how many tracks, uh, can we expect on there? I think 15. 15 tracks. 15. Okay, you're releasing it all at once, single by single, or how? You I release it all at once. Okay. Uh, any videos? Um, yeah, we're gonna make some videos. Okay. Me and Jamal will knock some videos out. Okay. And these movies that you're talking about, are they already done? You know, they've already been filmed. They've already okay. been filmed. We're just in the editing process now. This is the first one that is fully done, scored, color correction. It's ready to go. But the second one is it's getting close. How, how long is this movie right here? This one is 28 minutes. Okay. Yeah, shorts could, you know, be a lot shorter, but everything in there just felt so necessary. We didn't want to cut nothing out. So, so, you know, you know, uh, I had a guy here Sunday, uh, David Rocha, uh, AKA or formerly known as Sir Dino. Okay. The reason why I bring him up is because whether people like his music or not, that's besides the point. One thing that I will say about him is that he, I believe, he was ahead of his time. And this is why I say this, because we have had a lot of Chicanos or should I even, if I could call them Chicano rappers here in LA, okay? And other than yourself right now, right. I don't know if anybody else has came out with movies, right? okay? This guy, before he got incarcerated, had eight movies out already, which he starred in all of them. right? And that's why I, I said, I believe that he was ahead of his time. He had friends that encouraged them to do if you do movies you're going to be bigger right. than life you know right. and and i believe that you are moving in the right direction uh not only to uh if you will to solidify yourself as not only as a rapper but as an actor but to have longevity in this business right. by uh, uh you know doing your own films yeah. you know uh there's a lot of people today that just don't talk. Oh yeah, my movie's coming out. Oh, my movie's coming. Yeah. And they never do shit. Right. Okay. They just lie and they'll post up fake posters on Instagram just for likes. Right. Okay. I at least, I can say I at least have one documentary. Okay. Um, the other one that we actually stopped working on was, uh, what is Chicano rap? You know, and I will be calling you to do an interview on Thank that, you. you know, and, uh, but uh, I plan to keep that maybe an hour, hour and a half at the very, very longest, you know. But uh, we had to stop because we ran out of budget. Right. So anyways, I just want to say, man, uh, that I congratulate you on your movie. Thank I congratulate you. you on your new record coming out. I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you blow up. And I hope when you, when you blow up, you remember us small people. And you come back and give us another interview. Uh, so now at this time, if there's any shout outs or there's anything uh, that you want to say, uh, you know, encourage people right now. It's your opportunity uh, to give special thanks to whoever you want, man. You know, I just want to say that, you know, if you're out there and you have a dream, you know, it doesn't have to be just a dream. You could do whatever you want to do. You just got to put your mind to it. Don't let anyone say, you know, you can't do it. You know, that holds no value. You know, you, you determine your own worth. Um, 
And if you're going through anxiety, mental health, you have issues, get at me on my Instagram. I tell everyone that, you know, if you need a friend, hit me up. And I'm surprised how many people actually do it. I made a lot of friends like that. People hit me up. At, I give them my number, too. People hit me up at 3 in the morning. I'm flipping out. I'm like, just calm down. First of all, you can't die. Just relax. Um, I, I just, I went through it really hard. So I just want to help people. Um, and if you if you ever see me somewhere, you, you know, a lot of people say, I saw you, but I don't want to bother you. You're never bothering me. You could always come up and say hello. Like, it's never an issue. Pictures, whatever you want to do. I'm always a gentleman. Um, and shout out to everyone who's supporting me from day one. Um, shout out to my cousin, Rudy, who's watching. He just texted me. What's up, homie? <laughs> um, shout out to Hop On from L Street. Wilmington's in the house, of course. Um, shout out to Mile High Jewelry. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, and everyone who's struggling. That'll work. Uh, do you have a date for your album? I don't yet. I pushed it back. I actually want to add another song to it. Okay. Something just made me want to do another one. So okay. Yeah. And, and this at the uh, and um, what is this going to be premiered in February? When uh, February 29th, man. Is, now is it, theater. Is it open to the public or no? If you guys want to come, I'm going to post some stuff on my Instagram. You guys are more than welcome to come. Okay, not a work, not a work, man. Other than that, like I said, man, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for coming through. I greatly appreciate it. I've been truly blessed by you sharing uh, uh, some intimate things. Like I didn't know anything about your anxiety stuff, you know. Yeah. But like I said, your your movie stuff really, really excites me because I always tell my boy John that after this documentary, I wanted to do the Chicano one. Right. I have another one that I'm doing based on a studio out in the city of Inglewood, where many, many platinum artists have recorded there. I just try not to give too much right. away. Right. And then I want to work on my scary movie. I want to do a damn scary movie in the hood let's do it let's do it man i know this dude named jamal yeah me we'll too do it. yeah let's do it together brother yeah thank you man no thank you i really appreciate thank you, Tony. it so once again everybody 10 minutes go grab a beer go use the restroom do what you gotta do tell your girl you're gonna be hanging out with tony a rodeo radio and we got the mayor in the building she just uh finished eating at the taco truck and she's here she's full she's ready Go get somebody. Text somebody. Call somebody. Slap somebody. Let them know that the mayor is in the building. Shout out to the mayor. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio, episode 32. And without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce my next my next guest, the mayor of the city of Downey, Blanca Pacheco. Thank you very much for coming down. I know you're a busy woman. And uh, first of all, I'm honored that you're here uh, at Rodium Radio Podcast. Uh, I know you just came back from a speech, if I'm correct. I actually was at an event in Paramount. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, you spoke or? Yes, I did. Okay, all right. Now, before we get into, I guess, the, the politics, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Uh, what does the mayor do on her day off? Wow, I actually have two full-time jobs. Oh, wow. So I'm not just the mayor, I'm also an attorney. Okay. So I have a, a practice to run, uh, and then I have uh, my mayorship duties, which can consist of uh, attending ribbon cuttings, leading the council meetings, going to different events uh, where we get uh, invited as elected officials. So it's always a, a constant go, 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 go. So on my days off, which typically is on a Sunday, I try to relax, do yoga, spend time with my dogs. Uh, just not try to think about anything. Wow. So you really only have like one day off? Typically, Sunday? yes. Wow. See, I couldn't do that, you know, but all good. I'm not the mayor, but I'm the president of Wilmington. But anyways, um, so now. What, what, so let what, me ask you, what does the president of Wilmington do? 
wake up whenever he wants, walks down the street, eats at a diner, comes home, uh, uh, does chores around the house, gets ready to go to the gym, come home, relax, and then uh, go hang out with my boy John. Nice. <laughs> and I say what goes there. I'm only I'm being sarcastic. Now, uh, uh, where, where did you grow up at? If I'm correct, I think I read your bio and it said you grew up in the city of Downey, if I'm correct? Pretty much. I grew up in Downey. I went to Downey when I was in middle school. So I attended East Middle School and Downey High School. And then from then on, I went to Cerritos College and then UCLA. UCLA. You're a UCLA graduate. Do yeah. you ever go to UCLA games? I do. So you're a college football fan. Uh, well, I would say that, especially when we play against USC. Okay, well, I'm not a USC fan, so you can insult him all you want to. That guy right there, Jamal, he's a USC fan. He graduated from I just from noticed this. that. Now, you're probably going to hate me even more because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Okay. I like Notre Dame. No, that's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, do you ever go to USC and uh, 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 UCLA games? I've been to them. Okay, okay. A couple of times. Uh, you know, I, I went to them. I went to a Rose Bowl where UCLA was playing. I think it was Wisconsin. And uh, they played, obviously, at the Rose Bowl. And I went there, and I'm thinking, man, UCLA's going to be deep. And they were sorry that day, man. They lost. But anyways, the, the crowd was sorry. Wisconsin showed up deep. Like, But anyways, we're not talking sports. But other than that, uh, growing up, did uh, what kind of music did you listen to? Since this is a hip-hop podcast. Did you listen to it all to any kind of rap? I listened to Morrissey, The Smiths, uh, 80s music, The Cure. Okay. I'm a big time 80s fan. Uh, growing up, being a DJ, you have to play everything uh, from New Order to The Cure to The Pesh Mode to Hazy Fantasy to, I mean, to Duran Duran. So 80s is probably my best era of music. I. Now, I'm going to say something that might trip out a lot of the fans here that watch Rodeo Radio. I would probably rather listen to new wave 80s music than probably hip hop. You know, because I grew up playing everything, whether I DJ the weddings, quinceañeras, backyard parties, whatever. I had to play everything. But new wave was probably one of my best like experienced music, uh, especially during in middle school, growing up to that kind of music. So... So other than that, uh, if I'm correct, you said uh, or I read that you're also a lawyer. And uh, uh, what, what type of lawyer would you consider yourself? Uh, um, so what I do is I help people with the preparation of their living trust and their wills. Uh -huh. uh, so what it is, is, these are documents to prepare uh, for when a person passes away. Okay. Because at one point we will all pass away. Yes. So these are important documents to have. Okay. Okay. Now, say, let me give you a hypothetical scenario. Let's just say that uh, I'm just a person down the street. I don't know too much about politics. And I happen to see you maybe at the market somewhere. And I recognize that you are the mayor of my city. So now I walk up to you and I ask you a question. How does one become a mayor? So that would be the question someone yes, asked? Yes, yes. Okay, I thought it was going to be, how I have potholes on my street how do you fix that oh no no that's I got typically more what i get but how do you become a mayor it's pretty simple what you do is you um door knock you uh talk to the residents you uh ask for them to vote you for you of mm -hmm. course number one would be you have to be on the ballot so you okay. get yourself on a ballot 
Uh, the way you get yourself on a ballot is you obtain so many signatures and you can begin door knocking. You can do what's called phone banking, which is you call an individual and you say, hi, my name is so-and-so. Yeah. Uh, will you uh, vote for me on March 3rd, which is the upcoming election? Uh, so it's a matter of doing that and talking to the residents and trying to um, letting them know what your views are, what you want to do for the community, so that way they can vote for you. Okay. And now uh, my other question would be, what qualifications are needed to run? There are no qualifications. Really? Mm -hmm. So anybody can run? Anybody can run. Wow. Okay. Now, my third question would be, what made you run for mayor? So in Downey, what we do is we rotate the mayor. Okay. So the first thing would be to get elected and to be on city council. Okay. And then every year we uh, rotate into office a new mayor. So I was sworn in as mayor in December, and my colleagues selected me in November to be mayor for 2020. And okay. I'll be mayor until December of 2020 when we get a new mayor sworn in. So we just okay. rotated amongst the council. So the main thing is getting on council. So now to answer your question about how to, what motivated me to uh, run for office, it was, and I tell everybody this story, it was my involvement in Kiwanis Club of Downey. Kiwanis is an organization that helps children within the community and within the world. And I got involved in my club in 2012. And 2014, I became the president of my Kiwanis Club. And I got involved with the community. I saw uh, that I loved helping others. And people asked me to run. They asked me to run back in 2015. They said we hadn't had a female on our council in well over a decade. You would be perfect. You already go to all the events. You're already doing everything that you would do if you were in office. And so in 2016, I decided to run and I won my election in November 2016. Wow, that's awesome. Well, congratulations if I hadn't said it. Thank you. Uh, um, now, again, these are very simple questions that I believe that uh, once again, people that may not know anything about politics would just want to know. They're very simple, basic questions. Like, for an example, what does a mayor do? So what a mayor does is they attend different events. Uh, they give a lot of speeches, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, ribbon cuttings. So whenever new businesses open, uh, what we're doing in, actually in Downey is uh, we're redoing all of our parks. Okay. So we are doing a lot of grand reopenings for our parks. Uh, we're redoing our four fire stations. We're doing a lot. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of ribbon cuttings this year. In fact, I attended one on Saturday where we had a grand reopening of one of our smaller parks in Downey called Dennis the Menace Park. And we had a lot of residents come out, a lot of children come out, and they were able to enjoy a newly renovated park. And that's what we're doing in Downey where we're renovating all of our parks. That's awesome. That's and awesome. also what I do is the, run the council meetings. Okay, okay. So I'm I, giving you a roundabout, very wordy kind of answer. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, you know, one of them you actually answered. One of them was, <laughs> how long is a term for a mayor? One year. One year. And now this may be a dumb question, but can a mayor be impeached? Can a mayor be impeached? Well, anybody can actually be impeached, but let's hope I don't get impeached. No, no, I'm not hoping <laughs> that. I'm not hoping that. But I just, and it actually would be removed from office, but... Okay, okay. Has anybody ever that you know of been removed? 
Uh, not in our city that okay. I can think of. Okay. I don't know about other cities. Okay. Now, me, again, once again, uh, I don't know nothing too much about politics. But uh, uh, when I watch, like, the presidential debate, you know, where people line up and they have their own little podiums and they're going off at each other, uh, do mayors do that at all? Well, we don't actually have a mayor's debate. I don't I don't uh, debate against other mayors in other cities. Okay, okay. Well, you we know, did like have a debate when I uh, ran for office, but it was uh, a debate amongst people that were candidates that were running for office. Okay. So we did have something like that, but it wasn't a mayor's per se debate. Okay, all right. Okay, now uh, my, my next question for, for you was, um, how long... The, uh, um, well, how do you plan on uniting the community as far as any community events and the works for, is there anything in the works for like maybe artists, musicians, rappers? Uh, I know you kind of mentioned uh, the park where people came out and people joined in. And uh, mm -hmm. um, do you have any more uh, uh, events like that where people can actually uh, participate? Uh, since this is a hip hop podcast, uh, do you have anything in the works where people can come out and showcase their talent? showcase their dancing, showcase acting, any type of uh, family events like that for the city of Downey? Family events, we are actually going to have our 50th uh, anniversary for our Downey Theater. Mm -hmm. And we've, we're actually doing improvements also uh, at our Downey Theater. We're adding a elevator. We're redoing the, uh, the outside area. Uh, so that way uh, the residents can come and uh -huh. sit down. Uh, but we're going to have a 50th uh, year celebration, April 18th. And we're going to have different performances there. We're going to have food trucks. It's going to be a celebration of uh, celebrating 50 years, plus celebrating all the uh, improvements that we've done with the theater. Okay. Now, now I know you said that uh, uh, for, a, for a mayor, uh, the term is one year. If you wanted to continue to be mayor, is that possible? That would be possible. Uh, so in Downey, we we can serve on council for two terms, four years each term. So I could possibly be mayor for my second term. Okay. It would so, I, but it wouldn't be consecutive, meaning I wouldn't be mayor again in twenty twenty one because a new uh, person would be mayor. Uh, more than likely, it would be our mayor pro tem, mm -hmm. which is also a female. So okay. it's the first time in in Downey history that we've had a mayor and a mayor pro tem be both females and equally as monumental is this was this is actually the first time that Downey has had a Latina mayor. Yes. So that's the, something monumental in our city. Yes, very historic. Uh, uh, when I was told that you were the first Latina mayor ever in the city of Downey, I thought that that was amazing. And that's why I said, you know what, I would love to try to get her here on Rodeo Radio. This was the first time that I've actually ever had anyone, if you were in the political field, uh, sit down with me. So this is a little new for me. So please forgive me if I ask goofy questions. But you know what? Uh, a lot of times, uh, a lot of people don't approach people in the political field because they don't know what to ask or they may feel uh, it might be a dumb question or uh, I don't even know if I'm even saying it right type of, you know. So but, uh, it, now let me ask you an interesting question because uh, I was given uh, one of your bios, well, actually two different bios. One was a little bit lengthy and one was shorter. But how is the crime rate in the city of Downey? And if there is one, how, how are you going to go about, if you will, containing it, protecting the people there? 
you know, if you could just elaborate a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're fortunate in Downey. Uh, our crime rate is relatively low. Uh, not saying that crime does not happen. It happens. It happens everywhere. But uh, what I uh, tell residents and what I emphasize to residents is uh, to create neighborhood watch meetings to get um, involved within your neighborhood. If they see something, call the police. Uh, also, what we do in Downey is we have our own police department and they do a lot of community events. So they'll do a coffee events. So that way the residents can meet them and the residents can get information from the police officers. Uh, but there's more of a community feel. So that way there's not this fear of, oh no, here comes the police. It's more, uh, the police are here to help me. And so that's something um, that's special that we also have in Downey. Okay, okay. Now we're going to go ahead and press pause right there and we're going to come right back. We're going to take a little short break because I know your time is crucial and I know you've been up and down all day and I, I truly, truly respect that. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to come back. I got a few more questions and, uh, um, you know, we'll uh, uh, finish up. All right. Thank I'm you. I'm going to call my mom. Yes. Maybe she can pick up. Okay, everybody. Once again, uh, Rodian Radio, we got Mayor uh, um, Blanca Pacheco in the building. And uh, uh, we're going to have some more questions for her. So please uh, stay tuned. Call somebody, text somebody, slap somebody, let them know that we got the mayor in the building. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 32. And uh, uh, first and foremost, I want to say that I've been truly honored and blessed to be able to have the uh, mayor of the city of Downey here at Rodian Radio. This is the first time I've ever talked to anyone here on this radio podcast about politics. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right back into it. And earlier we were talking about if somebody off the street just approached you and had a couple of questions to ask you. Some might sound dumb, but you know what? Some people are afraid to actually ask questions because they think, you know, I may sound dumb. I'm not that well educated. I don't know how she'll receive it, but I'm glad you're answering them. And I love the way you, you've answered all of them so far. So please allow me to continue. Let's just say I walk up to you and then I say, hey, okay, so you're the mayor of different or any better than from the last joker that we had in there. What would be your best answer? So I would say uh, what makes me unique uh, is that I am approachable. Uh, I have an open door policy. I tend to give out my cell phone number to residents. And uh, what officials, not to say all of them are bad, uh, because we've been very fortunate in Downey. We've had some great council members who have the same mentality as me. So I would never say I'm better than. Uh, but what I can say is that I, I want to work with the residents. I don't want to tell them what to do. I want them to come to me and, and let us work together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know earlier I had asked you, and I was being sarcastic when I said, does Downey have any potholes, you know, and, and, and what are you doing to fix them? But yet you said that you guys are redoing all your guys' streets, if I'm correct. We're doing a lot of street re, uh, uh, repavements in our city. There's actually a lot of construction happening. So if anybody drives down Paramount Boulevard going towards uh, the 5 Freeway, You'll see a lot of construction, a lot of traffic because of the construction, uh, but this is what's needed in our city. We need mm-hmm. to redo our streets. So when you come to Downey, hopefully you'll drive down the street and you'll remember you'll remember me and what I just <laughs> said right now. Okay, uh, here's another one. So let's just say that, again, I don't care in politics because there are people 
that they look at politics and they say, it's a joke. Those people are thieves. You know, uh, um, why should I even vote? Okay. Uh, what, what would you say or how important is it to get Latinos to vote? Because there's a lot of them, me being one of them in the past, you know what? I'm not going to vote for his ass or I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I don't care. How important is it? to get Latinos to vote because many of them do not. It's true. And it is important to vote. It is important to have your voice heard. Yes. Because when your voice is not heard, you're silenced. And that's what we need to prevent. Yes. But also equally important is we need to educate ourselves. Yes. We need to be better informed. So that way when we do vote, it's an informed vote. And so uh, what I recommend is trying to be informed. Uh, if uh, you have any questions, ask somebody, ask a, a neighbor or somebody that is trusted. So that way uh, you can be informed. Okay. You know, because there's a lot of people that are on the fence about voting and many of them. And again, I was one of them that would say, you know, my vote doesn't matter. You know, so whenever we would see whatever it was going to be, uh, what bill is going to be passed or who's running, I uh, forget that dude. I uh, forget that. Dude. Well, who cares? Whatever. This way, what we would do. There are many people that are on the fence about voting, whether they're blacks, whites, Latinos in your city. Uh, um, how would one go about encouraging them? You know, and I know you kind of just touched on that a little bit, but changing their mind about that it is important that you should, how would you encourage them to vote? All you can do is talk to the residents. Uh, if, if they're dead set on not voting, they're not going to vote. Right. But you have to continue talking to them, continue stressing that every vote counts. Because okay. in reality, every vote does count, especially in local elections. I've seen uh, council members lose by one or two votes. So, this happens in every election. I cannot stress it enough. Every vote counts, but also it is important to also get informed and get educated. Okay. Now this one's somewhat kind of lengthy, but I think you'll understand uh, uh, my question. How will you support the schools in Downey? For example, what services will you ensure are in place for second language learners, students struggling academically, and those with social and emotional issues. We're actually uh, going to have a um, mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, and the way this was created is we have youth commissioners in our city. They're called Downey Youth Commissioners. Yes. And what they do is uh, they meet, they do community service hours, uh, but they also provide us with um, suggestions of what they would like to see. And so one of the uh, youth commissioners uh, she saw it important to uh, have a, a mental health awareness uh, type of fair. So we're doing that. And what I try to do is I support the youth. Um, like I previously said, I am a Kiwanian, which my focus has always been on helping the youth. Uh, but regarding a um, like ESL, a second language, uh, in Downey, we actually have a what's called a dual immersion program. So it's a, um, it's a school that students learn Spanish. So in the first couple of years, it's the classes uh, from kindergarten um, through second grade, they're being taught 
instruction in pure Spanish. Mm -hmm. And then English is being implemented afterwards. So that way they can become global thinkers. They can uh, learn two languages, uh, both Spanish and English. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now, um, here's the problem that I have seen in schools. Wilmington is known, and San Pedro are known as a longshoreman town. Okay. Mostly all my friends are all longshoremen. Okay. One thing that many of their kids say, and they're barely in middle school. They say, you know what? Why should I even have to study? Why should I even have to go to school? Why should I even be educated? I'm going to be a longshoreman just like my dad anyways. Somebody that young, uh, um, and if you had an opportunity to talk, you know, to these youth, uh, um, how would you encourage them to, or tell them that education is important? Because I have seen many of my friends' kids that, think that education is not important, that I don't need to go to school. You know, uh, I'm going to be a longshoreman and make money just like my dad. And that's their mentality. And they never get educated. Uh, how would you encourage those kids if you had a room full of maybe 10 kids and they all felt the same way? What would be your message to them? So uh, what I would try to encourage uh, the schools to do is to have different speakers. Have different speakers come in and talk about how they made it to where they are. And everybody has a story. And it's a matter of the kids hearing uh, about their story because some of them have very similar stories to these kids. Yes. Uh, but they need to see that they can be uh, an engineer. Yes. They can be a doctor. Uh, they can be an attorney. Uh, because that's what I do. I've actually gone to different schools in Downey and I've talked to the students and I've told them, um, that I was at one time where they were. I was that shy kid uh, who uh, didn't know what to do. Uh, I wasn't part of. I wasn't a part of the popular crowd. Mm. And lo and behold, I became an attorney, and I I got into office. Uh, but I, it's important to share the story, share your experiences with the youth, so that way they know there's other options. Right. Right. Okay. You they could what? be a rapper. They could be a, a movie star. I mean, but they have to hear the story. That's what's yes, important. Yes. Well, you know, I truly believe that education is very important simply because I didn't become a reader. And if I could even say even a thinker till like the, I hit like 21 years old, uh, I was in junior high and I was always ditching. But if I can go back a little bit to elementary and I'll even name the school. I used to go to Broad Avenue Elementary in the city of Wilmington. And I'll be honest with you, I used to have teachers, and, and I'm not lying to you when I say this, that used to call me stupid. You'll never amount to anything. You're nothing. You know, and I'm being dead serious when I say that. And I would hate to think that that's still going on. Uh, so when I got, by the time I got to junior high school, I didn't really care anymore. You know, when I got to high school, I didn't really care anymore. But it wasn't until I hit like the age of 21 that I started picking up books. So I, I, I never knew what kind of a reader, what kind of thinker I could have been because I never applied myself, you know. So, uh, um, but I, I'm glad that you shared that because I'm hoping that maybe somebody's watching right now or allows their son or daughter to hear 
you speak that you actually care and you actually share your story on how you were the unpopular one, if you will. You know, because I was one of the unpopular ones as well. But it wasn't until people saw my DJ skills that all of a sudden I was like the hot guy, you know. But anyways, long story. But now, one of my last questions for you is, uh, uh, what do you want your legacy to be as mayor of the city of Downey? What, what, do, you, what do you want to be remembered for as mayor? So uh, for me, it's important for my legacy not just to be uh, mayor. Okay. Uh, my legacy uh, is that I want to be known as uh, the mayor, the attorney, uh, the person, the woman who helped make a difference, who uh, when someone uh, told me what their concerns were, what their needs were, uh, what their pains were, that I listened and that I tried my very best to make them feel better or to help alleviate this, the situation. And I want to be known as um, a doer, uh, but also a doer with the heart. Good, good. You know what? I'm glad that you said that I am willing to listen because there are people, there are a lot of people that are not willing to listen. You know, I've emailed that guy, uh, Mayor Garcetti, because I wanted to talk to him about our neighborhood, you know, but yet he has to, he, has, he still has yet to answer my emails, you know. But whatever, I'm 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 a nobody. But you know what? I'm very very thankful that you actually came down here and gave me the time to be able to talk to you and ask you questions, uh, questions that possibly people won't wouldn't want to ask you because they would look at you as a mayor or as a lawyer and think you're up here and they're down here, so they never ask. So I am here uh, on behalf of these people asking some very simple questions. So. Uh, um, now, let me ask you this in closing. Do you ever get approached a lot on the streets at all and people begin to ask you certain things like this? I have been approached. Uh, typically, it will be, oh, you're the mayor of Downey. <laughs> <laughs> let me get a picture. Is that what they do? Sometimes. Yeah. Now, have you ever got some knucklehead that says, hey, you're the mayor. What's going on here? What's going on? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you ever get those kind of people? I Sometimes I do, but typically people aren't uh, very aggressive. Uh, they'll tell me what their concerns are. Hey, I've got a um, got this house next to me and I mm -hmm. think they're doing suspicious activity and uh, they're creating havoc uh, on our street. We need to fix this. We, we need to do this. Uh, so sometimes their emotions can be a little high, but I've been fortunate where uh, they haven't attacked me uh, and I don't mean it physically. I mean verbally attack me and put me down. But um, I understand sometimes when people are dealing with the situation, their emotions will be at a 10. And what I need to do is listen to them, make sure they're heard, and that way their emotions can get lower. But yes, I've had people come up to me, uh, but it, it's rare. It's rare that that happens. Typically okay. people, it's a positive thing. People will come up to me and recognize me. And by the way, I just have to add, there are no dumb questions. Absolutely okay. no dumb questions. Awesome, awesome. And, I, and I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of people that think, you know, that I don't want to ask because I don't want to sound dumb, you know. So, but anyways, other than that, I just want to, uh, we come to a close because I know your time is uh, precious. You know, I know you've been out on the streets and uh, I respect your time, you know. So we're going to go ahead and end the interview there because most people are probably wondering, why are we why are we ending somewhat short but because i have to respect your time as mayor so uh blanca pacheco i'm going to give you the opportunity if there's anybody or anything or anything you want to mention or 
right now is the opportunity. So I just want to send much love out to uh, my high school friends, my Downey High School friends, uh, to Gilda, who's actually here, <laughs> and to uh, all the residents in Downey, if they are listening. Uh, but most importantly, uh, I want to just tell everyone, uh, especially the youth, uh, dream big and do big and make us all proud. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you very much. Uh, uh, for, I can't thank you enough uh, uh, for coming and sitting down with me and giving me the opportunity. It's totally been a blessing and truly been an honor to be able to sit across with you and talk to you. And I wish I knew a little bit more about politics, but I wanted to ask a basic question for basic people that may not know too much about the political, you know, field. So the pleasure was all mine. Thank you very much. So once again, everybody, uh, um, we end kind of early. Well, kind of. But uh, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, for subscribing. Uh, there's, there was a couple of people during the break that actually DM'd me and told me, you know what, I still don't know how to subscribe. It's very simple. On the page, the word subscribe, just hit that. There's no button on YouTube. Just subscribe, okay? I'm trying to hit 10K by the end of February, so I would greatly appreciate it if you guys would subscribe because I know we have a lot of people watch, but don't subscribe. Please subscribe. You know what? It all helps. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Quetta Yesca for coming out here. Much love and much respect to him on his movies and on his music. I would also like to thank uh, uh, the mayor of the city of Downey, Blanca Pacheco, for giving me the opportunity to uh, uh, to to sit down and talk to her uh, uh, about uh, very much needed questions that needed to be answered uh, just from people that actually DM'd me and uh, wanted me to ask her. So I hope I did my uh, I hope I did good. I did my best. Also, I'd like to thank John motherfucking Elkins. This is the guy that makes everything happen. Uh, uh, we'll give a big shout out to my boy Jamal, to Gilda. Thank you very much for, uh, uh, hooking this up to the Cervantes brothers, Cervantes Enterprise, Alex and Robert for being here. And, uh, once again, Sunday, we'll be back. Uh, uh, I got a special guest. You guys are not going to want to miss it. So, uh, we'll go ahead. See you guys later. Order these. I'm running out. We'll talk soon. Rody Mixer, Dr. Mixery. We'll see you guys Sunday. God bless and good night. Thank you.